Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. William ignores questions as Prince Harry faces backlash after making this comment on the Today Show. You know, she's, un- she's ungrateful. We always, she's always got a great sense of humor uh, with me, and I'm just making sure that she's, you know, protected and got the, the right people around well, you- Plus, we take a look back at Kate and William's wedding as they celebrate 11 years, and the Queen rings in her 96th birthday. It is a tradition for the Queen to celebrate her birthday privately. Mm-hmm. She travelled to Sandringham by helicopter, and she's believed to be staying there in a cottage on the estate, which was a particular favourite of her late husband, Prince Philip's. Plus, we break down Tina Brown's bombshell book, Where Do Harry and William Stand, and How Meghan Rocked the Monarchy. We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers, and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina, and I'm so excited to be joined this week by our guest co-host, our friend and royal expert, Jonathan Sacerdotti. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? Hi, Christina. Great. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to run down all things Royals with you. As always, it's a very busy week. Um, but before we get to all of the news, we wanted to see what you guys had to say about last week's show. And Karen said, Harry and Meghan will never rejoin the Royals. Not an issue. This was a, a report kind of going around last week that maybe Prince Charles would um, make room for them if when, when he becomes king. But I don't know. Maybe after this last comment, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> Doesn't seem likely, does it? I can't imagine either side wanting that to happen at the moment. Definitely. And then Lily says Harry and Meghan are not doing damage. They're helping the royal family by serving the world. Um, and then finally, Daniel said, I would be interested to know who the right people are and what she needs protection from. Now, that is, of course, talking about Harry's comment that he made to the Today Show. So let's kind of get right into that and um, kick it off with our Royal Roundup and talk about Harry's comments about the Queen's protection. He said that one of the reasons why he went to visit her was to see what people she had around her. What kind of struck you about that comment? Well, I mean, I think I like loads of people here in the UK, but also around the world, thought it was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Just imagine saying that you're looking after your grandmother and protecting her by not seeing her for two years. I I think it was actually quite a bizarre statement, even coming from one of the the Duke and Duchess of Montecito. 
I think that in reality, everyone sees that they're doing their own thing, which is fine. That's their choice in life. They've made the decision and nobody can necessarily criticize them for wanting a bit of independence and freedom in that respect. Well, I suppose plenty of us can criticize them for it. Mm -hmm. But to then go and say that actually this flying visit on his way to his appearance in the Netherlands for the Invictus Games, of course, with his Netflix crew in tow. Mm -hmm. I think, honestly, what a strange thing to say. And just to have parked the film crew outside the door for a quick meeting with grandma so that you can come back and then do an interview on network TV saying that you're looking after her and protecting her and making sure she's got the right people around her. I think the only way perhaps some people have said he was making sure she had the right people around her was by not being one of them. Mm, interesting. I know you made a good point. And I think a lot of people on social media were kind of chattering about that as well and said, you know, kind of where has Harry been the past couple of years um, when he hasn't been looking after? Yes, they have a great relationship. I, You know, we have reporting that the two of them do have a great relationship. He said it during the interview. But yes, it does kind of bear that question being like, how has Harry been checking in over those past couple of years? We'll never know. We're not behind closed doors. We don't know how often they speak, but it is kind of an interesting um an interesting point to bring up, but I mean, but I, what, I would say as well, you know, just to say, I think it's a bit of an insult to Prince mm -hmm. Charles and, and the rest of the royal family who are actually around the Queen uh, day by day, who are picking mm -hmm. up some of the slack of the work that she's unable to do because of her age and her medical condition, mm -hmm. and who are also presumably taking care of her in other ways as, as normal families do as well. I think it's really hard to say that by being that far away, he's he's doing the same. I just don't think it's I just don't think it's realistic in any terms, even though we're not party to what's going on. I think we can almost certainly say from outsides, it's not possible. Right. I mean, do you feel like he was taking aim at like the his close family members, or is this people in the firm around her, you think? Well, we can't really know, can we? But I mean, I think it's, it, it almost sounded like someone talking about their grandma in the old age home. You know, I'm popping in to, to make sure the right people are around her. It's, anyway, how would he be doing that from America uh, in, in the position that he's in? I mean, he's, he's chosen to throw so many grenades at the royal family to make PR disasters for them, to, to personally pick fights with them in public. It seems so strange to then think that he could be behind the scenes actually checking in and making sure that she's got the right people around her, whether it's family or, or courtiers or staff. I just don't see how it's even remotely possible for that to be the case. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm certainly not there you know, inside the palace, right. but I just, I don't think any, anyone watching this could imagine a way in which that's possible. And also I think having this private meeting with the queen was something he was widely praised for, mm -hmm. uh, getting in touch, making sure he could see her having been so long. But then to go straight onto US TV and talk about details of what was said in that meeting, again, just I think showed a, almost to some people a sense of betrayal because mm. it was meant to be a private meeting. They got there privately. It wasn't really announced very far in advance. Uh, they managed to get away with that. But then it seemed a bit like he'd done it so that he could talk about it in that interview to promote his activities now. It just seemed to many people like it was calculated. Right. I mean, you make a good point. I mean, if they had maybe did their stopover on the way home um, from the Invictus Games and then, you know, kind of just go back to Montecito, nobody would have even really known about the details or anything like that. But the fact that they did it on their way over there and then he was, you know, doing a lot of press yeah, around exactly. the Invictus Games, it's it is interesting. But, you know, of course, um, reporters were going to ask William and Kate about this when they saw them. Um, not surprising. They decided not to answer them, but to, uh, take a look at this. Sir, does the Queen need protecting? 
Yeah, I, I would imagine that the royal family is probably not too happy about this, kind of like you said. And, you know, I mean, do we ever like I mean, do you think that this is going to change things about going um, for Harry kind of visiting in June? Do you think he's not going to come now at all? I mean, he kind of alluded to the fact that he was unsure if he would even be able to come over here anyway. Yes, he did allude to the fact that he might not come, mm-hmm. which I think is the position that, that he's been holding for some time and in this discussion about mm-hmm. security and like that. But I think that the security line is even one that's worn a bit thin with some people. Because if you just think back to Prince Philip's memorial service, even if they hadn't been afforded the exact level of security or organization of security that they had wanted, it seems strange that they could believe that being in, in a tight circle close to the royal family and all the other dignitaries who were present, they would have been in some kind of increased danger. They were in basically a sealed zone where some of the most important people in the country and the world were also present. So how on earth they could have thought they needed extra security over that? I, I just don't understand. I think this security line is something of a, a I think it has two purposes. One is to say, um, to serve as an excuse, really, mm-hmm. for not coming, but without saying that they just don't want to be there or don't think it fits in well for one side or the other's image. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the other side is that it. I think it's a prestige thing. And, and if I may say so, I think it's a way of trying to increase one's celebrity currency. Mm-hmm. So if you're so important, you need privately paid for protection from the police of the country you're going to going to, then I think you get to to say you're a very important person. In fact, there was all this uh, PR going on about the Dutch giving him, you know, VIP treatment or something for security. So I think security has become this kind of shorthand for how uh, valuable a celebrity you are in terms of entertainment value and and kudos on the world stage. So I I don't think necessarily it'll come in June. I mean, Mm -hmm. that decision obviously is one that's uh, going to be made on both sides. Um, I think probably it would it would be quite nice if there was a way for him to be uh, in the UK at that time in a low key way. But that's the key to it. I'm not sure they can do anything low key at the moment, even if they wanted to. The attention right. they'll get. All right. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about Harry um, a little bit later on when uh, we discuss Tina Brown's book. But let's talk about Queen Elizabeth because she recently celebrated her 96th birthday and she celebrated um, privately at Sandringham. They released a photo of her um, alongside uh, two ponies. So um, it seems like she wanted to make this a very private, low key celebration. And of course, Sandringham is a special place that she spent a lot of time with uh, Prince Philip. Right. Yeah, that's right. And and that photo is actually quite a lovely photo. We haven't seen a lot of the Queen in, in public mm. view recently. And that photo is really charming, her there with those two fell ponies. They'll appear in the forthcoming Royal Windsor Horse Show. Um, and as for Sandringham, it is a tradition for the Queen to celebrate her birthday privately. Mm-hmm. So she travelled to Sandringham by helicopter, and she's believed to be staying there in a cottage on the estate, which was a particular favourite of her late husband, Prince Philip, called Wood Farm. And the former housekeeper described it as a small and intimate place. Uh, so I think that gives it a little bit of a clue about actually what she's craving at the moment, um, that she wants perhaps to be hidden away a bit more. She wants to be able to just relax in, in, in a private setting. Uh, she also went to Sandringham earlier in the year when she marked the anniversary of her accession to the throne, mm-hmm. which, of course, uh, as, as I think we discussed then, it's actually quite a sad time for her as well, because it's the anniversary of her father's death. Mm-hmm. So we might assume perhaps that she finds Sandringham a good place for more private moments like these. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, I'm sure, like you said, a very low key private uh, celebration and, you know, 96 years old, she deserves a little bit of a rest. And if that's how she wants to celebrate, good for her. Um, but the, uh, the royal, the members of the royal family were out 
out and about this week. And of course, um, doing a lot of work, including Duchess Kate and Prince William, because they were honoring Australians and New Zealanders killed in the war um, to mark Anzac Day. Um, they attended the service of commemoration and Thanksgiving at Westminster Abbey. And this was a surprise because a lot of people didn't know that Kate was going to be present for this. Correct. Yeah, and I think again, it just shows that uh, the 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 royals, those who are still here working, uh, do have these packed schedules, and they do show up. I think uh, they decide who goes where according to, to you know what's appropriate and the causes that are special to them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they always um, they wear these uh, red poppy pins in honor, and then it was also significant because you know Kate loves to recycle outfits, and this was a, a jacket that she actually wore to one of the kids' christenings. So it was nice to see that kind of pop up again that's right that that uh, white alexander mcqueen coat dress was one that she previously wore to princess charlotte's christening mm-hmm. and she paired it there with that hat that matches and it's often noted that she does tend to rewear clothes and i think again that's part of her image it's part of the image they put across to her that she's let's say frugal i suppose if you can frugal as a princess mm-hmm. who, who dresses quite as uh luxuriously as, as they have to in the royal family but mm-hmm. she likes to to revisit items in her uh, wardrobe and i think she has some really keen uh watches of her her fashion sense and style so actually they often enjoy noting when she's re-wearing things and trying to maybe tie the two occasions together or, or just to remark on how she manages to do that and still carry it off so well definitely if i had an alexander mcqueen jacket like that i'd wear it every day so definitely more than once <laughs> right um well another royal tour is coming under fire so the granada lake of the earl and the countess of wessex's caribbean tour has been postponed now uh this was a day before their week-long trip began they are currently there but the decision was made after talks with the island's government and governor general so prince edward and sophie will still visit other islands on the tour to mark the queen's platinum du- jubilee and the decision comes as the caribbean nations debate their relationship with the British crown. This is something that we saw on Prince William and Duchess Kate's tour as well. And they were sharply criticized for being tone deaf um, on their tour. So it seems like, you know, this pattern is kind of continuing and it maybe uh, foreshadows a shift of what's going to happen maybe with the, with some of the Commonwealth once Prince Charles takes the throne, correct? Yes, I think that I think the royal family is is increasingly asking itself and and the nation at large what happens when dot 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 mm-hmm. and we all know what we mean by that you know when when Her Majesty the Queen is no longer with us and is no longer in charge of the royal family is no longer the monarch and is no longer the head of the Commonwealth and I think that many countries have enjoyed their relationship with the Commonwealth and with the United Kingdom and the monarch but when the Queen is no longer the monarch and is no longer the head of the Commonwealth, I think it is going to be one of those moments when some countries think about their future and whether their Commonwealth associations should be consigned to the history books. So I think that these protests, which may not be as big as some people perceive them in the press, are still important and significant. And I think the royal family is already reacting to them, as you can see through decisions like this one um, to cancel some engagement and some parts of the tour. Uh, we'll have to just really keep watching and see how they choose to adapt and, and react to them. And whether Prince Charles, for example, when he is uh, in charge of the Commonwealth, will make any changes proactively in order to perhaps recognize differences of the time and the differences in the opinions of some of the people in the Commonwealth countries. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things change. All right, well, now it is time to spill the royal tea and former President Donald Trump is weighing on in on the royal family, predicting that Harry and Meghan's relationship won't last. And he revealed why the Queen made this mistake when Harry left the royal family in 2020. Take a look. I think she should have said, if that's your choice, fine. But you no longer have titles, you no longer... And frankly, 
don't come around. He has been so disrespectful to the country, and I think he's an embarrassment. Yes, uh, former President Trump weighing in on this. Um, so should Harry have been stripped of his royal titles? Do you think that he makes a good point in this? I'll soon to be back on Twitter, maybe, but um, yeah. we'll see. And he's certainly finding ways to make his voice heard even without Twitter. Yep. And when Donald Trump says this, I can't help remembering that he did say it quite publicly a while back, actually. I remember him saying uh, something disparaging, let's say, about Meghan, um, or at least impl implying it publicly. Uh, I I can't comment. I mean, I, I'm not far be it from me to predict how somebody's relationship will go, somebody I know even, but for somebody I don't know personally, it would be totally out of place. Um, it is interesting that Donald Trump says he's good at predicting these things. Certainly had uh, a few relationships himself. So perhaps from a position of experience, uh, mm -hmm. he feels knows well about um, different people motivations in relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, I will say this. There is a lot of speculation about their marriage, as I suppose happens to all royals. And the royal family don't have necessarily the best track record uh, with successful marriage in recent years, you know, Queen's children themselves um, having gone through divorces. And I think that that means that they're certainly living in a more modern world where that sort of thing possibility. And again, I think we're going to chat about the book coming out soon, uh, the Brown book, but there's certainly loads in there. Suggests some quite uh, fiery and spicy dynamics within even the relationship with Meghan and Harry. And if those sorts of rumours have even a grain of truth in them, then I think you know, it's obviously a difficult, uh, difficult position for anyone to find themselves in. Uh, they're obviously two very strong minded people who like to do things very publicly. And of course, that could have problems for them in future, but it could just as easily help unite them because they see themselves as a team force for good against uh, the, the various things that get in their way. And that could be something that unites them just as much as it problems. So I, I wouldn't like to speculate past. No, I totally agree with you. But like you said, you brought up that book. So let's actually get right into it and break down the royal rules because former Vanity Fair editor Tina Brown has released her book or is going to release her book, The Palace Papers. And in it are some bombshell revelations about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. She compares the Sussex's decision to step back as senior working royals to the military withdrawal from Afghanistan, writing that it was a necessary and ex executed with maximum chaos. She also goes into detail about Harry and Meghan's clash with their staff, the unpleasantries that took place leading up to their wedding, and how Harry could have aided Meghan more in her transition to the family. She wrote, he didn't want to. It required Meghan to fight all the norms he had kicked against her for so long. She was now his comrade in arms, and aide described their confrontational stance to me as a mutual addiction to drama. Wow. I mean, she, Tina Brown has written books uh, before. She was friends actually with Princess Diana. So she definitely has a, um, a an ear into the royal family. So this is definitely a lot of people are going to be reading this book. Mutual addiction to drama. I mean, it sounds like a title of a, of a film. Uh, I, what can I say? I mean, the book sounds fabulous uh, in terms of gossip and, and it's a bit of a romp. I mean, I think she knows exactly what she's doing when she writes a book like this. Yeah. Um, I think it's perhaps the book that everyone might have wished Prince Harry will write. And I, I dare say it's going to be a lot spicier than his will be. Um, I mean, she says that the, the jealousy that grew between him and Prince William started around a decade ago when, when William, he thought, was hogging the best briefs. 
I mean, it says that things were strained with Charles and that they were communicating through private secretaries. And, and according to the book, uh, Cressida Bonus, his, his ex-girlfriend, Harry's ex-girlfriend between 2012 and 2014, said that she found his venting about his family so tiresome that she advised him to see a therapist. Uh, and it's claimed that that led him to seeking advice from MI6, that's the UK secret intelligence service, on, on uh, the best therapists he could see. Uh, but, but interestingly, actually, that, that shows that um, the book suggests that it's actually uh, her who suggested mm -hmm. to him that he see a therapist and, and that he later, uh, according to the book, wrote a, a little note thanking her for it because it had been helpful. So if that's true, again, I think it, it isn't quite in line with some of the things he said more recently, I believe, about seeking professional help and therapy who prompted him to do that, um, just to be a bit of a nitpicker on these nuggets of right. information. Um, but anyway, I think the book, you know, the book does seem to promise quite a, a fascinating read, full of very interesting little details all over the place, not just about Prince Harry, who, who it set, quotes a source as saying he was a very, very angry man. Um, it, it's also got loads of tidbits about all the other royals, sound quite uh, hysterical and scandalous and scurrilous. So I definitely, that could be. Oh, definitely. Definitely a good read. Definitely pick that up. It's uh, a lot to digest. Um, well, let's talk about our Royal History Moment of the Week. And Prince William and Duchess Kate will celebrate their 11th wedding anniversary on April 29th. I can't believe it's been 11 years. It feels like yesterday. I know for us over um, in the States, we were waking up at like six o'clock in the morning to see this all go down. But I mean, what a beautiful, beautiful day. And 11 years later, that seems like their relationship, at least to the public, seems stronger than ever. Yeah, I mean, I think royal weddings have this ability to, to grab attention uh, mm -hmm. and British people and, and people around the world are fascinated by them and tune in to see them. Um, and that's partly because of the, the pomp and circumstance, the pageantry of it all that we just do so well here. But it's also about the people, the individuals involved. And I think that that's why when, when the younger royals like William, and even Harry, his wedding was also massive popular. Yeah. I think that going back to William, um, it was just this, you know, it is a fairy tale event. You, you read your kids' stories about princes and princesses and, and living happily ever after. And, and that's the story that's being told in these sorts of moments, mm -hmm. beautifully filmed and all those beautiful moments, the first reveal of the dress. You don't even have to be that interested in wedding dresses or couture to, to really just have your eyes peeled waiting for it and to see the details and the commentary telling you what all the impact were and the handmade lace and all of those sorts of things. I do think those moments are a very important part of the fabric of British identity and cultural life. And I think that even for non-royalists, those are among the moments that are used to unite the nation. And that's one of the, the roles of the royal family in the modern age, I think. It does serve as a sort of uniter for British identity. And, and, and that wedding, as you say, hard to believe it so, so long ago, uh, but it's still fresh in people's minds. The important part it plays, I think, culturally in, in British identity. Oh, definitely. I couldn't agree with you more. Such a beautiful day all around. Um, well, it's time to check in on our pint-sized palace. And not only did Queen Elizabeth celebrate a birthday, but Prince Louis did as well. He celebrated his fourth birthday and William and Kate revealed four new photos, of course, taken by the Duchess herself. And I mean, he is growing up and he is just the cutest little thing. Very cute pictures. Um, I, there is a touch of the catalogue uh, pose about them, but uh, yes. you know, what can <laughs> 
he's, he's, he's good for him. I mean, he looks great, dressed stylishly. Yep. She's a, a gifted amateur photographer. So it, they, lovely to see. That. Definitely. It does. It looks like straight out of like a J crew catalog. Yeah, no, she is definitely turning into quite the photographer though. Um, I love seeing, you know, these personal moments where they kind of uh, let us into their lives a little bit and uh, it's absolutely adorable. So happy birthday to Prince Louis, four years old. Really happy birthday. All right. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for running down all things Royals with me. You know, it's always such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. It's always great to be with you. Thank you. All right. For much more on the Royals, head over to usmagazine.com. Keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.